So with the help of the Master of the World and the Schus of all the Chavar getting together to learn, it's such a privilege to be back with you. It's been a long time, like Shua is pointing out, that's right. It has been a long time and I've missed it. And I've missed you and I've missed our learning. And I'm super excited to jump back into our Limud of Sicha Saran, Rabbi Nachman's masterpiece of Chizuk and guidance. And we pick up where we left off Mamish Baderech. Mamish Baderech. Like Rabbi Nachman tells us in the beginning of Sipur Emaisius, Baderech Siparti Maisa. Everything with Rabbi Nachman is Baderech. It's all along the way. And we've been on a derech now for a long time, before Pesach. The derech of Sichon and Aleph. Sichon and Aleph, if you remember, and we're getting up to Shavuos again. Rabbi Nachman spent Shavuos night revealing grandfatherly wisdom, like we learned about. Mamash like a Zayda. Mamash like a Zayda, and Rabbi Nachman wasn't a Zayda. Mamash going ahead and giving over advice. Like a person who had been through life. And a person who was guiding us, a person on the night of Shavuos with clarity who was going to deliver clear and practical guidance for life that we're supposed to take with us and try to apply to our lives with Hashem's help. So as you can see, it's a little bit of a new setting here in Yerushalayim, and it's a little bit noisy also in the background. So Bezer Hashem, I hope that we can, uh, we can hear each other and focus and dive right in with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's help. So I hope that everybody's doing well. I hope you all had a beautiful Lichtig Pesach. And um, let's jump right back in. Tesicha Saran, Nun Aleph. This is the seventh, I think G is the seventh letter in the alphabet. This is the seventh shear in Tesicha Saran, Nun Aleph. And, second, okay. Says the Rebbe, a new segment, new phase in this revelation in this Gilui. Another very important foundational rule of the tzaddik, hefkeirus in tzrichem. You don't need hefkeirus. What does it mean, hefkeirus? Hefkeirus, hefker means to be hefker, something's for free. You give something up. Hefker means that something is ownerless. But in the context of this teaching, we can read it as fanatical irresponsibility. Hefkeirus. When a person loses all sense of commitment to the regular boundaries of the things to which he is acquired, to the ways in which he is owned, to the things that he respects as boundaries of his life in terms of what he needs to take care of and the responsibilities of how to be a person and how to be a Jew, says Rabbi Nachman, Hefkeirus. When we're trying to come close to Hashem, which is what the whole thing of Rabbi Nachman is, that's all it is, and what the whole thing of Sichas Ram Nun Aleph is specifically, is trying to guide us to learn how to slowly but surely come close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how to live a life of meaning, how to live a life of purpose, of fulfillment, not to waste a second. Says the Tzaddik, along this path, Hefkeris Ein Srichen. You don't either need to become fanatically irresponsible. Now, the Rebbe is going to get into what that means, but first he sets it up this way. He says, as a caveat, <laughs> To me, this is not called hefkerus. When a person lets go of Olam and a person, so to speak, lets himself slide 
in the sense of not being a person who's worried or bothered with regard to this worldly realities, whether it's parnasa, whether it's mundane responsibilities and banking and health insurance and, and uh, you know, renewing your passport and just all these things that a person needs to do. If a person would not focus on any of that at all, that's not, that's not called hefkeiros. Says Rabbi Nachman, the contrary, the opposite is true. He says, you know what real hefkeiros means is a person who's hefker from Hashem. Means a person who lets go of the reality that he is here owned by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We refer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as our acquirer. We belong to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He says a person who lets go of that reality, that's called Hefkeiros. Even if he's the most you know, a serious person about taking care of everything he needs to take care of in Olam If a person is disconnected from the true reason that he was sent to this world, that's called Mufkar. That's called Mufkar Be'emes. But with that having been said, while that's true, even this that the world calls Hefkeiros, and here he defines it. He lets go of everything having to do with this world. completely, and focuses only on serving Hashem. Tfila and Torah, mitzvahs, from morning until night, and forgets that he's a person and forgets that there are responsibilities, personal, familial, communal, inyanim, having to do with this world. That the world considers to be hefkeiros, a person who's just stam, he's, he's a fanatic, he's irresponsible. Gamze in srichim, says the Rebbe. You don't need to go to this extent in your avodah. Because it's possible to become an ish kasher on the highest of levels. Rabbi Nachman didn't just settle for a bidiyevid ish kasher. Mamish men, mamish a ish kasher on the highest level, but belief gavers. That's the beautiful thing about chasidus bechlal and breslov befrat is that we're given the opportunity to live life on an incredibly lofty level. But by the same token, we're mamish able to live normal lives. And the chaye yom yom of having the yishavadas, whether it means earning a parnasa, whether it means spending adequate time with our children and with our spouse, Bezer Hashem, at the right time and in the right way, and with our community and with friends, and 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 a benazmanim, and then during this man, and then a vacation, and 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 you know, all the different inyanim of Olam Hazeh. That's not a stira to becoming an ish kasher. Because Rabbi Nachman says these two things go not just, they, they don't, they're not a stira, they mamish complement each other. To be a person who is devoted kalkulai to gilu kfait shamayim, that that's what we daven for. And like we always say, aleinu l'shabeach is the mission statement of a yid. 
That's why when we wake up in the morning, that's Mamash the foundation. Ani Lefanecha. Ani and Lefanecha. The definition and the and the review every morning of who I am and what you are, Ribanishalama. That's Mamash the foundation. And then we wake up, and then we get out of bed, and we wash Negavasar, and we go through the whole morning routine, whatever that is for each of us. We go to shul, hopefully that's a part of it, for the men at least, and we daven. And then at the end of davening, we say Aleinu L'Shabeach, which is supposed to set the intention for the entire day. L'Sakin O'Yulam B'Malchus Shakai V'Chol B'Nei Basar Yikru B'Shmecha all of this is the mission statement of a Yid. Once we've clarified what the Ani is, and the Lifanecha, right before we leave, to get involved in all the different things we have to do with our day, and Hashem should bless us that we have time to focus on Yiddishkeit Mamish, and just in terms of the way that we think, but we leave shul with this in our pocket. So a person who's devoted to this, a person who's an alim l'shabeach yid, this is what we daven for, this is what will make us happy, and anything outside of that is not real happiness, calls man that the shechinahs and galahs, calls man that the world is not mitukan, calls man that there's cruelty, calls man that there's war, calls man that there's hunger, calls man that there's impurity, calls man that there's loneliness. A person who mamish lives in that way, is then able to utilize the kalim of Eulamazeh in a responsible, put-together, seichel way and to allow those kalim, Adarabah, not a stira, Adarabah, to become the greatest vessel for the ambition of doing everything in his or her ability to utilize the human condition and the reality of what it means to be a human being through the chaye yom yom, a normal guy, to become a cleave for the greatest giloy of the Ar Vishina. Yechoilim liyos ish kasher, to mamish being ish kasher, and I'll speak about that more in a minute, belihef geiris, without letting go one iota of making sure that we're living responsibly with our feet on the ground, but mamish with our head in the clouds. And these two things can go together, and that's the shlemus of a yid. That's a shlemus of a voida. You know, it's something that a chevra like us, for sure, who are learning the Svaramakdash, we have the privilege of learning from the tzaddikim, we grapple with a lot. Because on the one hand, for sure, in the Musa Svaram, Yisharim, certainly when you get to the end, precious speaks a lot about Getting, getting, getting distant, removing ourselves from the loneliness of Alamazeh. Precious, hispoididos, the Mesilos Hisharims, hispoididos, what that means, to separate ourselves and to remove ourselves and to get rid of all the taivas, v'chulei, v'chulei. So sometimes we have a difficult time squaring that with the Hasidish idea of dir betachtoinim and alias nitzaitzes and adarab adafka through engaging with the physical world. How do you how do you deal with that? How do you grapple with that? And I think that the way that the Rebbe sets it up here is a pitaron, is an answer to that struggle, to that tension. Because the Rebbe isn't talking about 
uh, you know, an overly hedonistic, self-gratifying lifestyle of a, of a person who's mamish, inextricably bound with this world, who's an ish gashmi, and also an ish kasher. That, that's, that's already, those two things don't go together. Those two things don't go together. If our musagim are the musag, which we'll learn about, of mamish olam hazeh, that's our musag, that's what we think about, that's what we're working toward, that's what we get excited about, that's what we look forward to, that kind of thing, then it's very difficult to at the same time manage to be an ish kasher. But if we're defining our experience of this world as beli hefkeiros, that's how we're defining it. To live a responsible life. To make time in our daily schedule, in our weekly schedule, in our monthly schedule, in the framework of our lives for all the things that are important having to do with Olam Hazeh, without which we would be called Mufkar. We would be called Mamish. The basic bare minimum of living life as a responsible human being. Says the Rebbe, when you can put these two things together, that's the shlameless of what it is to be a Yid. The one Avoida, where we refer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as having chosen Am Yisrael. Ashabach Arbanu. Where, where we refer to, to, to this, that, that uh, sorry, Viratzavanu, that a Kodesh Baruch Hu wants us and He needs us for something unique, is when is in Kiddush. Because Kiddush is the encapsulation of what it is to be a Yid. To take a cup of wine, to take a cup of something Gashmi, and to hold it in our hands, to be shoylit on the Yayin, and Mamash to make a bracha on it. And it becomes the most glorious, glorious avoida. Dafka in that moment, before we drink it, to hold it in our hand, it's a kli, it's in the context of our avoida. And then we're able to engage with it in a way of kedusha. This is what it is to be a yid, to bring this balance together. It doesn't mean to be a, you know, a, like a like a glutton and a, and a person who's who's completely you know mukar to this world, but believe hefkeiros. Hefkeiros says the Rebbe, hefkeiros ain tzrichim. Yichoyelulias ish kasher. I was describing to somebody today. I learned with Chavrusa earlier, and I told him that. Recently, I came across this interesting thing that a company in America, Eden, they did this incredible thing where they took a phone and instead of the normal arrangement where we have like, you know, the, the, the regular Google or Mac operating system that then we need to filter, right? Because it has a browser and it has all these, you know, the app store and all these different things. So you can download, uh, you know, different apps or you can install some sort of program to get it filtered. They mamish took a phone, I don't even know, understand what this means, they took the hardware of a phone and they installed the operating system of the company. So it doesn't run off Google, it doesn't run off Android, it doesn't run off Apple, none of the operating systems. They built it in mamish from the bottom, from the bottom up, they put in, they installed a kosher operating system. And I thought this was such a good muscle for the distinction between Stam Yiddishkeit and what Hasidus and most specifically what Rabbi Nachman is trying to do with us. Because so often it's so easy 
to consider ourselves as running off the operating system of an American or of an Israeli or of a Canadian or wherever we are in the world. That's our OS. And then we have to filter that because there are some things there, many things, most things, could come out all the things that aren't in alignment with Jewish values. And so we install our own apps and we close the browser and we shut this, you know, that app store and we try to figure it out to make it so that our American operating system can jive with the Torah's expectation for us on a daily level in terms of our responsibilities, what we need to do, in terms of Rabbi Hashem. Rabbi Nachman came and said, no, 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 we have to do something else. We have to do something else entirely. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants that we should be serving Him using the OS of a Yid. Not that we should stand figure out some sort of way to use a foreign operating system in such a way that doesn't exactly, you know, uh, contradict this lifestyle of Kedusha, but that, that should be our OS. That should be our operating system, Be'etzem. This is who we are. And then we have to consider out of that kind of perspective, well, what else can we bring into our lives? What else can we fit? What else can we engage with that will not be contradictory, but Adarabah will enable me to expand this Avoida into other apps, so to speak. But the operating system is that of Mamish Avayid. And that's what it means to be an Ishkasher. If we are Ish or Anshe, Kosher, at the source, at the essence, that's who we are, then we don't have to worry about Hefkeirus. We don't have to worry about not being Mufkar. Then we can engage with the with life in all of its colors. Calls man that it's Naklipas Noiga, that it's elevatable, that it's not something that's the Shosh Klipas Atmes Ligamri, it's nothing usr, but it's the mutter of life. We can engage with it, we can live as part of a community in a responsible way. Belihev Kavas. And the Rebbe continues. Es says Rav Nachman, take it from me personal advice, just me and you. And this really can be seen as the encapsulation of the Rebbe's whole teaching. Do not allow yourself to be fooled by this world. And the Lushan is so strong because the Lushan really parallels what we spoke about in the, in the previous paragraph. In the previous paragraph, the Rebbe told us, or really two paragraphs ago, That's not called a Fgerus, a person that's Mufka from Olam calls man that he's plugged into Olam that he's belonging in the, the, to the Rishus Yachid of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Rishus Yechidosh of Olam. That's not called Efkeirus. The Rebbe says, you know what's called Efkeirus? Like we said, When a person just devotes himself to Olam a person is no longer in a matziv of seeing himself as being acquired to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, belonging to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, here to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's really called Efkeirus. So we hear Ibn Ahmed says, Don't allow yourself to become mufkar 
to the world, meaning away from Avodah Hashem. Lahaniach atzmai l'ha'olam. To just let go and allow yourself to be swept along by the illusion of this world with all of its promises. Because lahatois, that leads you in one direction and one direction only. And that's the direction of allowing yourself, consciously or subconsciously, to be fooled and tricked in the most devastating way. The most devastating way. And we're going we're gonna to learn Be'ezer Hashem from Reb Nassim in a few pieces about just how devastating this trick is, this folly is. But first the Rebbe continues, Let not the world fool you. There was never found one individual who achieved fulfillment and the soif toiv min ha'olam from this world alone. Meaning from Oilam Azeh. And every single individual from the beginning of time until this moment and from this moment to the end of time. Even people that reached the pinnacle of, of whatever you could imagine. Oilam Azeh. Success, whatever success means in a, in, a, in a physical sense. By most people, it's wealth, physical strength, status, covered, oh, you name it. At the end, it was very, very bitter. They had no legacy to give over. They had nothing of meaning to pass over to their children and to their children's children. And today, increasingly, the children are already out of the picture. People aren't having children. The more successful you are, the more wealthy you are, the more children you could afford, the less children you have today in the world, right? But if they left children over at the very end, when those children surrounded their bed, what kind of feeling do you think that they had? Like they always say, you'll never think, oh, I wish I had spent one more hour at the office, right? But it's not only that. It's not only, I wish I had, I wish, you know, you won't say, I wish I had worked more. A person won't even say, I wish I had vacationed more. Because of what value is that? Of what value is an investment in, in Gashmias? Of what value? Hayya Saifam Rama Oid. And here the Rebbe says an interesting thing, and it aligns with this that the Rebbe spoke more than anybody else about the Goyim, about the nations of the world being able to draw close to Kedusha, which will happen in the times of Mashiach, and the times of Adam Hava, and the Elif Hashmini. When the Beis Hamikdash is rebuilt, Kibesi Beis Tfili Yikare Lechol Ha'amim. Rabbi Nachman is tired about this. Tarich of Zayin on the Kutumran speaks about this Indian. All the nations of the world will cast away their idols. And they'll come to serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That's a messianic vision. In Olam Azen Golos, we don't involve ourselves with trying to missionize. We don't involve ourselves with trying to make Gerim. But there were individuals who were messianic figures 
whose hearts and minds and neshamas were pulsating with the spirit of Geula, the spirit of redemption, who indeed involved themselves with this. Just like the Aves Haktoshim did. Avraham was the Rosh of the Geirim. Avraham was creating nefashas. What does that mean? Say Chazal. He was he was being megayer geirim, which is like kekatan shenoyla dami. He's mamish like a like a like a newborn child. Yaakov Avinu, vayeshev Yaakov beeretz migure aviv beeretz kenan. Yaakov Avinu went to the land of the dwelling of his father. The pasuk says laeretz migure aviv. Says Chazal. He involved himself in the avoida that his father Yitzchak involved himself in. What was that avoida? Geirin. To make Geirin. You find that the others were involved in this. Rabbi Nachman, I don't know if he actually involved himself in Mamas trying to make Geirin. I don't know if that was possible soci- you know, sociologically. Rabbi Nachman spent time with, with the, with the, with the, with the Kaifrim, with the heretics, with the Maskilim being the car of them. But with Goyim, I don't know. But Rabbi Nachman spoke about this. And so we hear that's reflected in this little line here. The Rebbe said, His vision was big, was wide, was beyond just Am Yisrael, just beyond Am Yisrael to the whole world. The Goyim need to know this too. Because it's a Chaval, not because they need to. That's their Indian. They're here rooted in Olam Azed to be here so that we can shine a light unto them. That's the hope. That's the dream. But in the meantime, even though they won't get Gehenim, whatever it is, they're not expected to. They need to keep the Shevet Mitzvah's B'nai Outside of that, let them live the most Gashmi life in the world. But it's a Chaval, says the Rebbe, not because of Olam Abba, and that's the point. Because of Olam Azeh. Me'acha she'ein ha'olam Azeh klum. So it's pointless. So it's just Nebuch. You have mercy. It's a, it's a human being, right? Chaja, it's a human being. So you have you have mercy on him, you have Rahmanas in him, you pass him in the street, and you're like, what? Like, what are you even living for? Forget about Olam Haba. It's not an Akud. That's that's the what that's the point that I'm trying to make is that Ibn Ahmad is not speaking about Klape, Olam Haba. So it's silly to live a world of Gashmias because you're gonna lose out on all the schar and how much schar you could be getting. That's not where he's going. Of course, that's a chaluk of it, huge chaluk of it. That's not what he's saying here. The main thing is Olam Hazeh people who are not aligned with the logic of the Torah, which is an anti-logic, meaning to say, it's a logic that counters the logic of Olam Hazeh because this world is an Olam Hafach. And what we see when we go to the next world is an Olam Hafach or Isi, that means that whatever we think is logical in this world with our philosophical analysis and analyzation is mamish the opposite of the objective truth. But the Torah comes from that Olam Hafach. The Torah comes from the right side up world, down into the upside down Esrug of this Olam Asiya. And the Torah's logic toward how to figure out living a life filled with Tainug, Tainug, Oneg, Mamish pleasure, Mamish pleasure is oftentimes counter-logical. For example, say Chazal, this is one Nakuda speaking about the Nakuda of Bris, right? Which is obviously one of the primary headquarters of hedonistic, gashmias, 
engagement in this world, and the primary Yitzhahara, Ikr the Yitzhar, Bishal Arayas, says the Zara Kaddish. Say Chazal, a counterintuitive thing. Ever Katan Yesh Ba'adam, we have this capacity. Re'evoy Savay, and Savay Ra'ev. The more a person tries to satisfy, the more a person tries to pleasure, the more a person tries to engage in this Nakuda, the less he has. It's, it's, it's not the normal logic of this world. And the more a person stays away, and the less a person engages with this something. And a person involves himself in this kind of area of Gashmias, but in all areas of Gashmias, in a way of Kedusha and Tara, in a way that's Mitsumsum, in a way that's associated with the shame of the bris and the shame of that area of the body, which is related to the sphere of Yesod, that the shame is shame Shakai, and the shame Shakai means Misha Amrla Ilamai die. That's the place where we're able to put Gedarim in place. This is the area where we're able to put Gedarim in place. Paradoxically, the less you have, mamish the more you have. Mamish the more you have. And this is only one example. The Tana de Beliyo says in Parakud Gimel, and the Medrash brings this as well, it's a Gemara in Sanhedrin in a certain way. The more a person runs after Kavad, the more Kavad running, running away from him. The more a person runs away from Kavad, it makes it clear that that's not what he's after, but he's mamish there for Kavad Shemayim. The more Kavad runs after him. Again, counter-logical. The world hasn't gotten this message yet. Not even Miktzah. So we're talking about thousands of years of people who are experts in Olam Hazer. They know nothing about it. Again, I want to make this again clear. We're not speaking about Olam Abba. Not speaking about Schar. I'm not speaking about you know, you know, how to use our time properly here so that one day we'll get to Olam Talking about Mamish living a life of Gashmias that's bursting with the greatest timing in the world. That's the secret that Am Yisrael know. And the way to sum up this anti-logic and the way to quantify it is that the Torah is quality over quantity and the world is still making the mistake of quantity over quality. That's really how you sum it up. The world considers quantity, and we speak, of course, about this in the second chapter of the story of our lives, in the context of the lost princess, the six sons, and the princess, all this, Nakuda, quality and quantity. The world still considers quantity to be of the most attractive import. More houses, more cars, more stakes, more vacations, more, 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 more. But in the meantime, sometimes paradoxically, dafka, because of the amount of quantity, the quality is, is lost. It's like mamish eating pizza every, every day. So once a month, it's enjoyable. Once a week, it's already, it's not so. And then mamish, you eat pizza every day. It's, it's nauseating. It's pasha nauseating. How does that work? That doesn't make sense. What do you mean? It's tight. It's tiny. Pizza's delicious. It's a delicious delicacy. It's, it's yum. What's this nakuda where the more you have the less you have. But that's exactly the sod that the Torah comes to tell us. But 
to teach us not just how to make sure that we don't waste our lives so that one day we'll be able to have Kirvas Alikim and the Zivashina and Adam Haba, all of that. But how to live in this world in the most elevated way. What it means in marriage. What it means to raise children. What it means to be a good friend. What it means to respect someone. What it means to gain another person's respect. Not because you're trying, but because you're a respectable person. What it means to aim relationships with parents, with siblings. What it means to engage in Gashmias, whether it's Achila and it's good food. Whether it's vacationing, but all of it is done in a way of Geder. It's all done in a way of Shakai, Misha, Amela, Ilamai, Dai. Which is the defining factor of the Yisod of Adam. That we all come from this Nikud of Yisod. We all come through the channel of Sha'amala Ilamai, Dai. That's how you bring a human into the world. That's our essence. That's what it means to be a person. And not a behemoth. This is the secret of the Torah. This is the secret of quality over quantity. And it's the anti-logic. It's the counterintuitive logic of the Olam Elyon, Of the Olam Hafuch Ra'isi. Says the Rebbe, Nebuch HaMegoyim. Nebuch, because they're also missing out. on Anachayim Toivim. And that's what Rebbe Nachman once said, and it's recorded in Chaim Aran. We've said this in the past. Rabbi Nachman once said, Yesh chayim. There are many different kinds of life. We all live in this world, but there's a, a billion different ways that we could be living, different experiences, different ways to spend our time, different levels to live on, of understanding and consciousness and places to live and people to see. Yoim said the Rebbe, Today, Today I lived the good life. And then the male of a toivlach loylam abba in a chanami. But a Kodesh Baruch who wanted to give us schar mitzvah is the mitzvah itself in this world and the way in which the mitzvahs enable us to become mamish b'nei adam. And so the Rebbe says again, because this world is nothing. They also have to figure it out, like how to live properly. And for this, they're going to need mamish, mamish Because this world is just nothing at all. Right? Or rather, or rather, they'll need to be able to understand what to do and how to spend their time in a way that's going to fill their lives with the oneg of quality, mamish quality. But Am Yisrael no longer need this special Because we already know a little bit what this life is about. We already know these secrets and it requires bittel because the norms of Olam Hazeh that start to convince us from a very, very early age that this is the real reality and that this world is not the prosder, but this world is the in itself. This is the destination instead of the journey. All of this starts to fool us. And even though we know it to be true, but MS, because we've experienced what this is to become nauseated by Olam Hazeh, to become nauseated by the quantity of what it means to live a life of hedonism to the point that we're sick of it. 
and it doesn't make us happy again and again and again. The more we engage in it, the less happy we become. And we know this. But the attraction is so strong and the trickery is so powerful that even though we know all of this intellectually, we still feel more comfortable trusting our senses than the logic of the Torah that's coming into our lives in a way that seems to want to make us miserable, in a way that seems to want to cause us to live lives of unnecessary restriction, and I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I have to hold back from this, and I, and I just want to be mufkar, I want to be free from it. So we're much more likely to still rely on the way in which our senses perceive this world to possibly grant us happiness, which is only in a way of quantity. But Rabbi Nachman says, Be'etzem, we already know what we need to do. Try it. That's the kicker over here. Doesn't need, don't need to commit for the rest of your life. Try it for a month. Mamish. Each of us on our level, on our madrega, where we could go ahead and make extra, extra, extra gedarim, kadesh atzmecha b'mutterlach. And I'm speaking to myself now primarily. Not, not, I'm never speaking in a way of you know, trying to say what anybody else needs to do. I know what I need to do. And Be'ezer Hashem, all of us you know, are trying to listen in and trying to apply to our lives. But I'm speaking to myself. I should take upon myself, try it for a month. Each of us on our level. For me, on my level. Test it out. And see if I'm not happy. See if I don't feel that my life is filled with a sense of life because I'm not being mufkar, and that goes back to what Ibn Ahmed said, I don't mean to say that I'm separating myself from Allah Mazar, I'm living like a hermit on a mountaintop, you know, separate from this whole world and everything. No, I don't mean that. But it means to try to go ahead and live life not with an obsession with quantity, but rather with an engagement with quality. So that when I do have a piece of pizza, for example, when I do, you know, have a, have a hopefully it's a Sudas mitzvah, whether it's Shabbos or it's Yantiv or whatever it is, and Mamish, we're enjoying a good wine. It's not just the taste of the wine or the smell of the wine or the quality or what the wine does to us and the feeling that it gives us to drink the wine and hold it in our mouths if we're a wine connoisseur and we enjoy that taste and what that is. It's something so much more than wine. It's a way of experiencing that wine that a guy could never imagine or that a person who's living in the way of quantity, who's drinking all the time, in a way of just trying to amass Olam Hazeh in the pursuit of happiness. That's always the pursuit because it never resolves itself. It never reaches a culmination. Like the Rebbe said, It's the same cup of wine, right? But it's a whole different experience. A whole different experience. To walk through a park and to appreciate. This goes hand in hand with gratitude. It's the same Nakuda. Because I'm able to realize that even the simple things, without grand ideals of and Hasagas of what I need and this kind of house and this kind of car and this kind of interior decorating and this kind of uh, you know fill in the blank. But I realize what I already have is bursting with Hashem's kindness 
how much we're able to appreciate the simple things in life. Like we always say, a walk in the park, it's a great muscle. Because here you can see two extremes. On the one hand, it's nothing. It's literally just, it's, it's not much nothing. You're walking through a park. Maybe you're not even walking through a park to walk through the park. You're just trying to get to the street on the other side. Or a mamish, a person can live in a way of quality so that every blade of grass and every flower, we stop with Yishavadas and we look and we smell and we feel and we absorb That's what it means to live a life It's not about how much money we have in the bank, how many cars in the driveway, of how many houses, and, and everything else that you could imagine, that we could imagine. It's not about any of that. It's about having a fraction of that and engaging with the Belihefkerus area of life through the consciousness, the operating system of an Ishkasher, of a Yid, channeling everything for a higher purpose, being conscious of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, living with him as a reality, bringing him into our relationships. That the Shechina should be a part of our relationships, whether it's Ish and Isha, whether it's a husband, whether, whether, it's, a, whether it's a son and a, and a father or a son and a mother, whether it's, whether, whether it's friends, fill in the blank. All relationships. And as much as we bring Hashem into those conversations, we have real conversations. We don't waste our speech. We don't waste our time. Every moment is accounted for. Whether it's specific for Ulam and a person is working, or a person is taking care of whatever he needs to take care of, or whether it's obviously moments that are set aside for Ulam Haba, Dika pursuits, whether it's learning, whether it's davening, but all the while it's bound together with this consciousness He's an ish kosher, and therefore he's able to live liyafkeiros. And he's not allowing the world to lead him astray. Because lahatos it will lead us astray. Such a person is living mamish, b'chayim toivim, b'chayim toivim. Says Rav Let's take a look at this piece together. Gimel Ois Aleph. Says Rabnasan, Skusia Gimelenu Kisha, it shouldn't stay Kisha Adam, it starts with Ki Iker, Ki Iker, Ki Yem Kala Oilam, Vurak Al Yedeha Taira, the primary foundation of this world is the Taira. Kamal Sham Rabbi Senus Khan of the Racha Chazal say, Al Heida Hashishi, what does this mean? Yoim Hashishi, we say Friday night. Why Hashishi? It's to say Yoim Shishi. It was on the sixth day. What's Hashishi? Say Chazal. The hey is the hey hayidia. It's speaking about a certain sixth. The sixth of what? The sixth of Sivan. When a Kodesh Baruch Hu gave the Torah. That the whole world and all of creation was made. It was shaky. It wasn't pasha. That it was going to remain firm. And it was in this shaky sort of imbalanced, non-sturdy existence until... Am Yisrael received the Torah. Shekibli Yisrael as HaTorah. Ukamay shekasuv mi moigim eretz v'chol yoshveha anoyichi tikanti amudeha sela. A chazal darshan was that mean darshan abisein eskhan al-racha al-kabal as HaTorah. Shal yodan izbasi sa'olam. It was only through Am Yisrael receiving the Torah that tikanti amudeha sela, that the world's pillars were established firmly. 
But before Am Yisrael received the Torah, the world was in a state of bilbladas. There were no gedarim. There was no gedar with regard to what the world's laws were for. Sunrise, sunset had no purpose. There was no nates and there was no shkia. It meant nothing because the olam azeh is all here, as Rav Yashabar Salavechik writes in in, uh, in Ishalachan, halachic man, where he speaks about how the world can be seen as mamish, a, a halachic world. The way that a paisik looks like he describes you, he walks along a river and he looks and what he's thinking is, is it kosher for a mikvah or it's not kosher for a mikvah? How about Nadil Sidaim? How about, about Tvilis Caleb? That's the way in which we look at nature because nature is there to service our ability to engage with the Torah in a very deep way, in a very real way. So until the Torah came down into the world, this world was Bechinas Hefker. It was an aspect of hefker. It was ownerless. It was purposeless. It was it was it was free, but in the worst sense of being free. It had no basis, no foundation, no no home. And even the kiyam of the world before matan Torah, where there were generations and generations. I think a tough, tough kaf pei dairas before matan Torah. Ha'irak b'shvil ha'asid. They were only there because Am Yisrael were destined to receive the Torah. That's not much of an existence, that they're totally on something that's going to happen in the future. Without the Geder of the Torah, without these guidelines, without being able to live life within a framework of purpose, of meaning, of grand ideals, of broad-minded dreams and visions for what our lives could become as individuals, for what the world could look like. Broad-minded, big, mature, spiritually developed, expanded consciousness. Without that, the world is Hefker Kamidbar. The world before the, the Kabbalah Satira, but each individual in and of him, his or her own self. All the while that a person is not living or attempting, striving to live, davening to live, yearning to live, succeeding to live, growing while living in the framework of Kashura, of the right straight, steady way of living, and a person is not privileged to live with these incredible guidelines. And that's what Benachman said, that's called Hefker. That's called Hefkerus. Not a person who, who's, you know, not making sure that he could cover his rent at the end of the month and he's still not thinking about the realities of this world. That's, that's Hefker. But that's not Hefker like a person who's not thinking about paying rent to our Kaddish Baruch Hu in a spiritual sense for hosting him in this world for a purpose. There's no greater hefkerus, there's no greater irresponsibility. When a person doesn't think and doesn't spend time worrying about 
what's going to be for eternity, like after we leave this world, what life is really about, not to become so caught up in the realities of this world to forget why we were put here in the first place, which we speak about, which is a hevel, it's a shigayon, it's a futile vanity, like we described from this computer game, like we say, SimCity, right? Where you're building this sort of big amusement park and you drop in an individual and right away he starts going on the rides without thinking existentially, like who put me here and why? And why do I need to be a part of this? And what's the bigger, what's the bigger vision here? That's Hefkerus. And it's paradoxical, of course, Heber come to Yeshiva, they learn in Yeshiva for Shana Aleph. And then the parents are very, 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 you know, have to come back, the kid's 17 years old. You have to come back, you have to go to college, very important. How are you gonna make a living? Mind you, there are YouTubers who play video games for a living and make 10 times more than doctors who were in college for nine years today. It's, you know, it's a little bit of a different situation. We don't want you to be mufkar. Where's your achrayas? And there's an element of truth there. Because Rabbi Nachman said, Gam hefkeris ain't srichem. Rabbi Nachman himself says this. Gam hefkeris ain't srichem. You have to take care of things. And you have to plan properly. And hishtadlus is extremely important by the Rebbe. Which people often miss, right? Because they take things out of context. Like we learned in a previous sicha. Hishtadlus, hishtadlus, hishtadlus. Very important. But hold on one second. What's more mufkar? The kid who wants to spend Shana Bet in Yeshiva for one more year and push off college, which is not going to make much of a difference usually in the, in the larger scheme of things and as much as the parents are able to support and able to, you know, to send the kid back for another year if they can. Is that more Mufkar or is the Hefkerus a person to whom college, making a living is the most important thing to the extent that it precludes thinking about what college and making a living is even for. I mean, why, why are we so excited about being able to be financially supported so that we can what? What's more mufkar? Who's taking less achrayas? Says Rabbi Nassim, there's no greater hefkeris. Ki ain hefker gadol mizeh. There's no greater fanatical irresponsibility than a person who takes this world so seriously that we involve ourselves cold Kool-Aid and mastering this silly world, which again, we have to try to go ahead and invest to make sure that we live well and not Mufkar, for sure. But to spend all of our time figuring out how the financial system works and how this thing happens and how, how this world runs while leaving so little time, if at all, to think about, to worry about, to dream about, to focus on the essence of why there is a world in the first place, which is Avodah Hashem, which is Ruchnias, which is what daily Hispaidus is supposed to enable us to do, to carve out a period of time, an island of silence and stillness, where during our busy day we can disengage with all the things that we need to do just to take care of the bare minimum hierarchy of needs, you know, the first two levels of shelter and water and food, just to make sure that we can survive in this world that takes a whole day. Says the Rebbe, how foolish would it be if we went through our whole lives taking care of our this worldly existence 
for no greater purpose other than to make sure that we survive, to make sure that we function as people without ever stopping to think about one time. And certainly if we can think about it once daily, and certainly if we could be people who operate out of the OS, out of the operating system of a Frum Yid, of an Ish Kasher, how terrible would it be if we never spent time investing in the essence of life for which we are making sure that we're not mufkar in relation to what the world considers to be hefkar, for which we are taking achrayis for our daily lives and for daily living. Ki afilu Mashiach ba'atzmai and he says over here, because it's impossible, it's impossible, like we say, it's impossible to escape that experience of death. In any way, even Mashiach himself will die. Not like the world thinks, that Mashiach will come and there will be no death in the world. That's not true. Even when Mashiach comes and you should come today, you should come tonight. Anyway, Misa will not be something we can avoid. And only that will be the, will come the Oilam Ha'aruch, which is Oilam Haba, which is the Yom Shikulay Shabbos. Is there any greater lack of achrayas than plowing through life with a this-worldly focus, obsessed with trying to improve our situation while not spending the requisite time to focus on why we're here in the first place? Over here he quotes our Sicha. That we don't need to live lives of irresponsibility. But the Amar, like we learned, that's not the true Afgeris. You want to know what real Afgeris means? The person who doesn't make himself completely unbound from all of this worldly distractions, not the obligations, but the distractions. And a person who's not mafkir himself to HaKadosh Baruch and says, I'm making myself untethered from anything to do with this world. I'm, I'm up for grabs for you. I'm pronouncing myself hefker so that you can come and pick me up. If a person doesn't do that, that's true hefkeres. Like we learned. Nimsa, it turns out, and this will come to the end. To people, of 
course, not of us, but to people who are living lives where there's no rutzen and there's no thinking about the broader picture, the greater scheme, and it's difficult and sometimes it's heavy to think about the big questions and it's so much easier to just live and why can't we just live and why can't we just let live and let live and live and just relax and just calm down and why do we have to be so intense all the time? It's so much easier for the moment. For the moment, it's easier. But we can't run away from those questions. We can't run away from the fact that this world is one big question mark. That's what this world is to a thinking person. This world is a, is a huge question mark. That's all it is. And we can try to numb ourselves and we can try to escape and we can try to run away and we can try to forget about the question mark of this world. But late one night, however many months or however many years it may take, when we're laying down in bed and really considering whether all of this that we're so invested in is actually contributing to a greater sense of fulfillment, to a greater sense of happiness, whether we feel okay. And the fog of that question starts filtering through the window. The feeling that we feel in that moment is that we wasted, we wasted our time. And that's mufka, that's hefkeiris, that's irresponsible. To give away the possibility of living a true life, mamish life, be'emes life, and not again, not in this way of a hermit who sits on the top of a mountain meditating. Life, mamish, human life. But there are many ways of doing that. There are many ways of experiencing life. That it should be a good life. It should be a life of mashma'ut. It should be a life of omek. It should be a life of understanding things, clarity, consciousness, confidence, elevation. How hefgrit how is and how much of gerus there is in letting go of all of that. Bishvil shokala. For a fleeting moment, bishvil tanuge alamazeh, shu ketzel oiver. That not only are those pleasures themselves in a moment of, of, of you know, frivolity and the moment of numbness and the moment of escape, not only are those moments kitzel oiver that they're passing and they're fleeting and that's the nature of oilamazeh encapsulated in the pinnacle of oilamazeh, which is the tainuge oilamazeh, are fleeting like this whole world is fleeting and nothing in this world stays. And I think the whole entire human body itself regener regenerates all the cells and they shed and they, st and they start again. I think after a certain amount of years, the body, even though it looks the same, but it's a completely different body, physically speaking, because the cells are always regenerating. Nothing in this world is lasting. Food rots. And after the neshama leaves, the body wastes, the, the, the body wastes away. And so the pinnacle of that nature of Olamazeh is in Tanugim. Is there anything more fleeting? Is there anything more fleeting? You sit down to the best feast in the world. How much could you eat already? At a certain point, you push, you can't eat anymore. So how long of a period of time were you experiencing intense pleasure? And that's true for all the Tanugim. They're fleeting. That's, that's how we define a Tainugashmi. But aside from that, and this is what we were speaking about before, it's not only that the pleasure itself is fleeting, so it's not worth it. It's that the pleasure itself is not pleasurable. It's filled with bitterness. 
My robin did the rerus because of with sorrow and anger and frustration when things don't go exactly the right way. And Rabbi Nachman has a story about this. I think we mentioned it. About a person who goes, who travels the Marchakim and he goes to a big fair and he makes all this money and he's so proud and he's so successful and he's so wealthy and he's going to buy this and he's going to do that and all these different things. And I'm sure he has already taken trips like this. And so he's coming home to a gigantic fancy house with maids and servants and, and everything you could imagine. But along this trip, because he was so wealthy, he bought his wife like this incredibly beautiful ring. Mama's incredibly beautiful ring. But because she's so high maintenance, because she's already being pampered so much and money's just, you know, a non-issue, she doesn't like this style. She wanted something else. And so he comes home from this business trip, surrounded by opulence, surrounded by the most beautiful, wonderful, incredible things in Olam And he gives his wife the ring and she storms out of the room. And he's just as broken as the person next door who lives in a dilapidated shack, who's frustrated over the fact that he wasn't able to fill his stomach with the meager dinner that he put together from the money that he scraped together earlier that day. Both of them are just as frustrated. So what did it help him? What did it help him? And that's the Nakuda that we're speaking about over here. We're not talking about Olam Haba, we're talking Mamish about Olam Hazet. The pleasures are Ketzel Oiver and the pleasures themselves are Mu'uravim, Bimerirus, Kas, Yagoin, Machoilis. And so when we make a Cheshben Sachakol, and we'll jump back into this Bezer Hashem next week, when we make a Cheshben Sachakol, there's no sweeter deal than a Kaddish Baruch Hu handing us in a silver platter the Olam HaNitzchi, not in a way that we need to sacrifice for it in our lives in this world to live a miserable life for Olam Haba. But all HaKadosh Baruch Hu asks us is to live the best possible life in this world so that we can then experience eternal time. Is there any greater deal than that? And therefore, is there any greater hefkerus and any greater lack of achrayis than a person who's not achra'i to the to the kainai, to the to the to the kainai, to, to, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who acquires us, who's waiting for us to look up at him and say, Rabbi Shalom, I'm mufkir to you. Take me, hold me. I trust in you. I'm willing to put your promises to the test. I'm following you. I'm walking after you. To experience mamish, the deepest time of the chayim toivim, the chayim amitim. We should be zayichet. It's devarim pshutim, I know, because it's, it's something we speak about all the time and it's its basics. But sometimes it's the devarim pshutim that need the biggest, biggest chazara. Because this is the foundation. If we could get this, and we could mamish not just talk about it and I'm speaking to myself, but put it into practice, ashreinu. Ashrecha ba'olam hazeh, ashreinu ba'olam hazeh, ba'ashreinu la'olam yeah, Ashrena, that we have tzaddikim like this. Or teaching us mamish in such a clear way, in such a way that's so pashit and open and straight to the point. We should be zeichet to live it, Chavra. Thank you so much for joining. To all of you, wonderful to see you again. And Bez Hashem will try to get together Thursday. Thank you all for joining. All the best. Thank you so much. Thank you to all. Ashrena, Ashrena mamish.